Hey everyone, it's Father Pat, here today to offer you my reflections on the scripture readings for today. Our readings for today are from the Feast of the Nativity of Our Lord, Mass During the Night. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Upon those who dwelt in the land of gloom, a light has shone. You have brought them abundant joy and great rejoicing, as they rejoice before you as at the harvest, as people make merry when dividing spoils. For the yoke that burdened them, the pole on their shoulder, and the rod of their taskmaster you have smashed, as on the day of Midian. For every boot that tramped in battle, every cloak rolled in blood, will be burned as fuel for flames. For a child is born to us, a son is given us. Upon his shoulder dominion rests. They name him Wonder Counselor, God Hero, Father Forever, Prince of Peace. His dominion is vast and forever peaceful, from David's throne and over his kingdom, which he confirms and sustains by judgment and justice, both now and forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our response, today is born our Savior, Christ the Lord. Today is born our Savior, Christ the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord, all you lands. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. Today is born our Savior, Christ the Lord. Announce his salvation day after day. Tell his glory among the nations, among all peoples, his wondrous deeds. Today is born our Savior, Christ the Lord. Let the heavens be glad and the earth rejoice. Let the sea and what fills it resound. Let the plains be joyful in all that is in them. Then shall all the trees of the forest exult. Today is born our Savior, Christ the Lord. They shall exult before the Lord, for he comes, for he comes to rule the earth. He shall rule the world with justice and the peoples with his constancy. Today is born our Savior, Christ the Lord. A reading from Paul's letter to Titus. Beloved, the grace of God has appeared, saving all and training us to reject godless ways and worldly desires and to live temperately, justly, and devoutly in this age as we await the blessed hope, the appearance of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to deliver us from all lawlessness and to cleanse for himself a people as his own, eager to do what is good. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the whole world should be enrolled. This was the first enrollment, when Quirinius was governor of Syria. So all went to be enrolled, each to his own town. And Joseph too went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David that is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of David, to be enrolled with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. While they were there, the time came for her to have her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were shepherds in that region, living in the fields and keeping the night watch over their flock. The angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were struck with great fear. The angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For today in the city of David a Savior has been born for you, who is Christ and Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find an infant wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. 
And suddenly there was a multitude of the heavenly host with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Saturday Night Live did a a clever skit last weekend titled A Christmas Epiphany. Austin Butler, who recently starred as the title character in the Elvis movie, portrays a combination of George Bailey from It's a Wonderful Life and Ebenezer Scrooge. He has no family, and his addiction to work and alcohol leads to a breakup with the only woman he's ever loved. Inebriated and depressed, he's wandering home on a cold Christmas Eve night when he notices from the outside looking in a loving family sharing a festive dinner. He can't hear the conversation, of course, but he sees smiles, laughter, and conversation, a happy scene. What he doesn't realize, though, is that what he sees is um, not the fullness of reality, let's just say. The perfect family is, is not all that perfect. SNL helps us to laugh at the drama and dysfunction that exists in all of our families. In the end, an angel, we, maybe his name was Clarence, just like uh, the, the movie, shows up and tries to convince the despairing man that his hopes for happiness can come true. Just then, the man's girlfriend or ex-girlfriend comes looking for him. He proposes marriage to her and they walk off arm in arm into a beautiful, snowy night. The angel looks up to heaven, saying, Nice work, boss. Nice work. What's Christmas look like to us? Certainly not much like a Norman Rockwell painting, or It's a Wonderful Life. Mass is crowded and hot. A bunch of people who show up once a year uh, are in your favorite seat. There are crying kids all juiced up on sugar, and a priest that looks like he's just trying to survive it all. The retail stores have been decorated since November 1st, and you've spent money that you don't have on gifts that the recipients won't appreciate. You've been eating and drinking like you're going to the electric chair, gained 15 pounds, and feel like you're about to split the pants you're wearing. You're dreading Christmas dinner because he's going to be there, or she, whoever that may be, and you have to make nice and pretend like you're all one big happy family. And the half of the family you're not talking to? Well, we'll just pretend they don't exist. You're glad to have a few days off from work, but work sucks. You hate your boss, and you're convinced you're toast in the next reorganization. And to put a cherry on it all, the lights on the top half of your Christmas tree have gone out, so you can't even look at that and enter a fantasy land for a few minutes. Where's the liquor cabinet? Compared to your world, George Bailey is leading a charmed life. This Christmas doesn't feel like Christmas at all. It certainly isn't like the first Christmas, the real Christmas, is it? A beautiful star illumines the sky above the Holy Family's humble, temporary abode. The child Jesus sleeps soundly in a manger, made comfortable with a pile of soft hay and surrounded by gentle farm animals to keep him warm. Mother Mary gazes lovingly at her perfect son, and Joseph, the protector, welcomes the eagerly visiting shepherds and wise men, asking them to be mindful of the baby's sleep. Can you imagine a more beautiful scene? Probably not, although imagine is the key word in that sentence, because that's not what the first Christmas, the real Christmas, was like at all. Mary and Joseph were in Bethlehem under imperial mandate. A census in those days wasn't about gathering statistics for government reporting and decision-making. Instead, it was about taxes. And so Joseph was likely anxious about this trip, as it was ultimately going to impact his ability to provide for his family if his taxes went up. Going from Galilee to Judah, 
which they had to do for the journey, was not a pleasant trip. Mary was ready to give birth on top of it, and Galileans were seen by Judeans as lower class, so they weren't expecting a warm welcome, and they didn't get it. King Herod was a tyrant, ethnically a Jew. His, only, his, uh, his people only despised him as he was continually trying to gain favor with the Roman authorities. He was known for his cruelty, his vindictiveness, and his paranoia. It's not shocking that he acted like he did when when the wise men came to seek out the newborn king of the Jews. And and, and why why were Mary and Joseph looking for, for an inn? Joseph was from Bethlehem, right? That's where his family was from. He was from the house and family of David. So he likely would have had relatives in the city. Why weren't they staying with them? Maybe it was because there were rumors about the paternity of the child and Mary's fidelity to Joseph. Finally, under Roman rule, the tension in Israel was was... It was so thick you could cut it with a knife. It was probably even thicker than in, in Palestine today. Soldiers were a constant presence. The people were oppressed and resentful. Violence was not uncommon. The first Christmas, the real Christmas, was far from an ideal scene. Isaiah doesn't call them the people who walked in darkness for nothing. Jesus was born into a world of war, economic inequality, political instability, and family conflict. In other words, he was born into our world. Isaiah wasn't only talking about first century Palestine in his prophecy. We walk in darkness. We carry a heavy yoke. We are bloody from battle. The scenes differ based on where you were born and the culture you are a part of. Whether you are a young Ukrainian soldier, a burqa-clad woman under Sharia law, a South American laborer in the coffee fields, or an American inner-city mother who can't afford baby formula, you're a part of Isaiah's vision. There are divisions in our families, scandals in our churches, and a general feeling of futility and a desperate search for meaning in life that leads even the rich and famous to tragic death. What is God's response to all that? Well, he's born. He's born. He enters our scene, our lives. The circumstances that surround us are unchanged, but our perspective on them is transformed with his birth. When love becomes our motivation and our driving force, when love takes flesh in us, the world becomes a place of hope and as yet unrealized potential instead of an irredeemable disaster. Family hurts are an opportunity to love more. Human suffering is, is a chance to manifest the best of who we are. The consequence of war is a tearing down of the old in order to build something greater. Disappointments allow us to examine what is really important and enduring in the human spirit. The crying child at Christmas Mass is a joyful reminder of new life. When God becomes food for us, we can see God at work in everything and understand just how powerful God is because he can change even evil into good. My favorite scene in the Dickens classic, A Christmas Carol, is when Ebenezer Scrooge awakes on Christmas morning. He's still an old man who regrets the loss of his first love and mourns the death of his sister. The average London citizen is still poor, and lives in fear of disease and death. Tiny Tim still struggles to walk. But instead of waking to a hopeless world, Scrooge becomes a beacon of hope within it. For as St. Luke tells us, For behold, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For today in the city of David, a Savior has been born for you, who is Christ and Lord. He indeed brings joy to the world joy to our world, even today. Nice work, boss. Nice work.
May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Have a Merry Christmas.